What's up? It's Josh Okogie, and this is your radio home for Timberwolves basketball. Timberwolves basketball on the station you can count on, KDLM. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're as tight as I am! Yeah! Thirteen forty, Katie Land, the station you can count on. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Back in the saddle. Mixed feelings about being back in the saddle. I spent the last six days in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, with my family. Seventy-nine degrees, sunshine on the beach. All the steamed crab, sweet tea, sun a, a man can handle for six days. I did learn uh, a new word while I was in South Carolina. Or as they say down there, South Carolina, calabash. I didn't know that uh, calabash seafood was a thing, and now it's the thing that I want most in the world. I developed very expensive tastes while I was on vacation in South Carolina. One thing that my wife did not approve one bit uh, was us on the way back home, and I was Googling how to make crab legs, because I know the Central Market always has crab legs in their deli, or their, 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 their meat department. We're having uh, we're having calabash style crab legs for supper tonight. This is a little uh, a little, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Blanket to to get back home. Did have a lot of fun. I did uh, one thing. I did while I was down there. Uh, I went to the to a Charlotte Hornets game. Charlotte Hornets versus uh, Boston Celtics on I forget what night it was. Monday night. The, the nights is kind of blurred together. And so here's the interesting part is we'll talk to Cal Soderquist, second half of the wrap here today. I have I have literally no idea what's been going on with anything Minnesota sports because I just kind of mentally shut off, as you're supposed to do on vacation. And then we get back la- late last night. I, I'm, I'm, I'm moving through the radio dial, and I'm, I'm listening to a little bit of high school football here and there. Uh, caught some of the Frazee and Holly game last night. Caught some of OTC and Walker. Last night, Breckenridge and Underwood was on the radio, just got, just, just going through the dials, just trying to get caught up. Because the worst part about returning from vacation, especially on a news and information station, is, is people expect you to know what the heck is going on. And I have literally no idea what's been going on with the Minnesota Timberwolves. If you want to ask me um, about Jason Tatum's 41-point performance in overtime against the Hornets on, Hornets on Monday, yeah, I can tell you all about that. Lonzo Ball. Excuse me, LaMelo Ball. I'll get the two mixed up. LaMelo Ball, he looked great. I found out that my, that our old friend Juancho Hernan Gomez plays for the Boston Celtics now. He played a, a whopping two minutes in that overtime game. We'll talk to Cal Soderquist about Wolves basketball, uh, second half of the wrap. But first, we, we'll recap game one of the World Series and Charlie Morton putting out a performance that's worthy of baseball history. Maybe not so much lengthwise or numbers-wise, but what he did after his injury last night Amazing. We'll talk about the Wild getting back in the win column last night. Big win on the West Coast against Vancouver. 
and we'll recap high school football scores. We'll preview the games coming up on Saturday, as well as preview the volleyball bracket. The volleyball playoffs begin tomorrow. But first, let's begin with the Minnesota Wild in action last night. Rewind time. Laid it up ice for Duhame. Now Pitlick has a man in front. Dumba scores! Matt Dumba on a beautiful feed from Rem Pitlick, and it's 3-1 Wild with 16.06 to go. That proved to be the game winner last night in the 3-2 Wild victory over the Vancouver Canucks. Matt Zuccarello, Jonas Brodin, Matt Dumba each scoring a goal for Minnesota last night. It was Vancouver's home opener with the Canucks playing at home in front of a capacity per crowd for the first time in nearly 600 days. Probably felt longer than that because the Canucks started the season with six consecutive games on the road. For the Wild, their fifth win in six games this season and a a great start to a three-game road trip. They're going to take on the expansion Seattle Kraken the first time they'll see Seattle on Thursday night and then uh, close the trip with our friends from Colorado, the Avalanche. That game is on Saturday night. Head coach of the Wild, Dean Evison, was much more impressed with his team last night than the performance they had their last time out. We mentioned after the first period that this was a, a real intense hockey game for whatever, where, where were we at, seven games into the season. And it was, it, you know, obviously it was their home opener. And, you know, we didn't have the outing we won last game so that they could set up for a real intense hockey game. And that's what it was. It was fast, intense. It, we talked about it feeling like a playoff game. I know it sounds crazy, but it was, uh, it had that intensity level to it. Wilder back in action tomorrow night, taking on the Seattle Kraken. Two. Some high school football scores from last night. The opening round of the playoffs. Lakers were off last night. They will travel to Ricori to take on the Spartans at 5 o'clock on Saturday. Other games in local and section interest. Browerville Eagle Valley, they beat Parker's Prairie last night 28-12. OTC over Walker Hackensack, Akeley 42-7. St. Cloud Apollo in Section 8-4A, they beat Little Falls. So Apollo the 4 seed, Little Falls the 5 seed. Little Falls ends the season winless this year, St. Cloud Apollo will get the Becker Bulldogs, the number one overall seed in Section 8-4A, the number one team in the state. And uh, you may remember a couple weeks ago, St. Cloud Apollo gave Becker a run for their money. The closest game that Becker has played all season came two weeks ago against these St. Cloud Apollo Eagles. They'll match up in Becker on Saturday. The winner of that one gets the winner of Detroit Lakes and Ricori. Bemidji over St. Cloud Tech, 48-14. to Alexandria over Sartell St. Stephen, 33 to nothing. Norman County East, Dylan hit it all over Park Christian, 40 to nothing last night. Polk County West over Faustin last night, 43-14. to Wheaton Herman Norcross, Shutting out Rothsay 59 to nothing. The big shocker from last night's games in Section 8-3A, Thief River Falls knocking off the East Grand Forks Green Wave 30-16. Bagley, they fall to Red Lake County 40-28. New York Mills Eagles, they beat Monaga 36 to nothing. Brandon Evansville over Bertha Hewitt 38-24. Fergus Falls, they beat Roseau 28-6 last night. War Road over Crookston 42-18. What did it Deer Creek avenging that Season opening loss in overtime to Staples Motley. They knocked the Cardinals out of the playoffs 23 to 12. Sox center over Pillager last night 20 to 12. Perham over Park Rapids area 28 0. Aiken shutting out Pequot Lakes 32 0. Pine River Bacchus shuts out Lake Park Ottoman 30 0. And another shutout, Holly shutting out Frazee. 36 to nothing. So now we look at games coming up this weekend. The next round of the section tournament in section 6A. It'll be OTC taking on Breckenridge. Breckenridge beating Underwood last night 7 to nothing. And the other side of the bracket, Pine River Bacchus 
the two seed against the three seed New York Mills. In Section 6-2A, Wadena Deer Creek will travel to Osakis to take on the number one seeded Silver Streaks. On this side of the bracket, number two seed West Central Area will take on three seed Sox Center after they beat Pillager last night. In Section 8A, Red Lake County advances to take on number one seed Ada Borup West. Polk County West gets the two seed Monoman Wabin Thunderbirds they had yesterday off thanks to a bye. In Section 8-2A, Barnesville will get whirled this Saturday at 2 o'clock in Barnesville. Pelican Rapids will take on Holly. So the top four seeds all advancing in Section 8-2A. In Section 8-3A, DGF versus Thief River Falls on Saturday. Purim will get a rematch against Fergus Falls. The Otters beat the Yellow Jackets in a one-score game earlier this season. The winners of that one will meet on the 4th of November at the Fargo Dome at 5.30. In 8-4, only one game last night. That was the play-in game. St. Cloud Apollo beating Little Falls 38-19. The Eagles advance to take on the Becker Bulldogs. Detroit Lakes will take on Ricori at 5 o'clock on Saturday. Pre-game with Charlie and myself begins at 4.30 that day. And in Section 8-5A, the Alexandria Cardinals beat Sartell St. Stephen. They'll take on the Moorhead Spuds in Moorhead. Moorhead, the number one overall seed there. Bemidji, the three seed, they advance to take on Sock Rapids Rice at 6 o'clock on Saturday. Game 1 of the World Series last night, and the Atlanta Braves take it 6-2 to two over the Houston Astros. Game 2 is tonight in Houston. And the thing that everyone's talking about this morning is Charlie Morton, starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, 36-year-old Charlie Morton, getting the start in the World Series, game number 1 against his former team. And while his Braves got the win in Game 1 of the World Series last night, the Braves' first World Series appearance since 1999, by the way, uh, things didn't go exactly like Charlie Morton had planned. Hit by a comebacker in the first inning, and then at some point, that comeback, people aren't sure if, if, if the injury occurred on the comebacker or if it occurred while he was pitching on that injured leg, but at some point, fracturing his right fibula in his leg, broken leg, But Charlie Morton didn't exit the game when that happened. He stayed in and threw 16 more pitches. So with that broken leg, he struck out Chaz McCormick. He got Martin Maldonado to line out and then struck out Jose Altuve while pitching on a broken leg. The bullpen did the rest. Braves beat the Astros 6-2 thanks to a five-run first inning on the bats of Atlanta Morton's World Series is done. He does say he'll be back for his age 37 season next year, but is uh, is sad that he will not be able to help his team win the 2021 World Series. Second after the wrap, we got Cal Soderquist with the Wolves Radio Network joining me to talk about some Wolves basketball. We'll talk about the quick start to the season, the sloppy-looking loss to the Pelicans, and we'll talk a lot of Anthony Edwards, I'm sure, as well. Ant having a historic run late in that loss to the Pelicans uh, over the weekend, and then becoming a, a pretty vocal leader after the game as well. Cal Soderquist joins me next on The Wrap. I'm Omar Reese with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. At the league's annual fall meeting Tuesday night, Commissioner Roger Goodell addressed a multitude of issues, including an investigation into workplace misconduct by the Washington football team. The commissioner says all the changes suggested by an independent investigator have already been implemented by Washington. Goodell also saying the NFL does not yet have enough information on the status of investigations into quarterback Deshaun Watson and will not place him on the exempt list at this time, meaning 
Deshaun Watson will remain eligible to play with Houston or otherwise. In other news, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reports Packers receiver Alan Lazard will miss Thursday night's showdown against the Cardinals after landing on the reserve COVID list. And Jerry Jones says he feels confident quarterback Dak Prescott will be able to play Sunday night in Minnesota. Prescott was seen limping due to a calf injury in Dallas's last game two weeks ago. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Did you know the arrow in Amazon's logo represents A to Z? Maybe the My Computer Career logo should represent unemployed to employed. Ryan was out of work when he started classes in March. In September, he started his IT career working for... Amazon, making more money than he ever thought possible. Here's a prime opportunity. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. DQ presents. Picture this. Picture yourself at DQ on Thursday, October 28th for Miracle Treat Day. You roll up to order a blizzard with your friends and family like you have so many times before. But on this day, Every flavor comes with a much-needed dose of hope. For every blizzard you buy at participating locations, $1 or more will be donated to your local Children's Miracle Network Hospital, making Miracle Treat Day the most satisfying way to give hope to kids in your community. Thursday, October 28th at DQ. Here, our hobbies become our work, and our work becomes our passion. But when pain or injuries keep us from doing what we love, it can affect our entire way of life. That's why we meet these challenges head on. Whatever your good day looks like, we'll find it together. This is Essentia Health Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, like nowhere else. Visit EssentiaHealth.org. Hey, did your family get the big blue recycling bin? Yeah. Why, didn't you get one? No, we didn't. How do you get one? You can call your waste hauler or call Becker County Environmental Services for more information. It's that easy. 218-846-7310. If you are in the city limits of Detroit Lakes, Frazee, Audubon, and Lake Park, recycling is now even easier. Call 846-7310 for more information on the blue curbside carts. J&K Marine, Builders First Source, Central Market, and Leighton Broadcasting are giving you the chance to give or take a Thanksgiving meal valued at $100. Text the word GIVE or TAKE to 847-2001 for your chance to win. Each week, the Yeti will go shopping at Central Market market for the perfect Thanksgiving meal. And you'll either give or take that meal valued at $100. Give or take with JNK Marine, Builders First Source, Central Market, and Layton Broadcasting. Looking for a flexible schedule, part-time with great pay? Looking for something during school hours only? Have you retired but are feeling like a part-time job would take some time off your hands? Team Industries of Audubon has the opportunity for you. Team has part-time and full-time opportunities on day, night, or weekend shifts. Come check out what Team Industries of Audubon has today. Apply online at team-ind.com. Team Industries is an equal opportunity employer. 1340 AM, 93.1 FM, KDLM. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk University of Minnesota Volleyball after this.
Hey, Gophers, do you own a home? Would you like brand new windows? Well, you're in luck because the Gophers have teamed up with Pella Windows and Doors for the Take It to the House giveaway, which will award one lucky fan with a house full of brand new Pella windows valued at up to $40,000. Pella windows are the most preferred window brand by homeowners in the Twin Cities. So visit gophersports.com slash Pella for your chance to win and take it to the house this Gopher football season with Pella Windows and Doors, a proud sponsor of Gopher Athletics. The 11th-rated Golden Gopher volleyball team is at Indiana tonight for a midweek Big Ten match. Sophomore outside hitter Jenna Wenis of Frisco, Texas, says after losing to Penn State last Friday, knocking off sixth-ranked Ohio State on Sunday was important. It was super important. It was like a confidence booster. We won at home. There was a lot of fans, so it was just a lot of high energy, and it was super fun. When this team is rolling, what kind of things are, are working? When we're rolling, everything's rolling. Like, we're all out. Defense, offense is on. Serve, receive, and serve is on. We're capable of really doing it all, so when it's on, it's it's on. How do you get that to happen more often then? What's the adjustments and what's the uh, what's the work been like uh, to, to get to that point? That's what we've been talking about a lot in team meetings is discipline and consistency and so I think that just it starts in practice and we're recognizing when we're not putting effort in practice like we got to restart we got to put in the effort because if we're not doing it in practice we're going to get caught in games uh, not doing it in games and so I think that's what we've been trying to implement is just making practice as game-like as possible. That's Jenna Wynn. Tonight's match starts at 6. After tonight, the Gophers return home to face number 6 Nebraska on Saturday night at 7 o'clock at Maturi Pavilion. For more info on Golden Gopher Volleyball, log on to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The Great Detroit Lakes Pumpkin Hunt has come to a close. Congratulations to Ernie Hedin of Detroit Lakes who found the pumpkin under the walking bridge by the dog park next to Snappy. Congratulations to Ernie Hedin on finding the pumpkin. The Great Detroit Lakes Pumpkin Hunt was brought to you by the Washington Square Mall, the UPS Store, Dairy Queen Grill and Chill, Better Homes and Gardens Realty, Lisa Pache, First Security Bank, DL Public Utilities, DL Regional Chamber of Commerce, Detroit Lakes Central Market, and West River Dental. It's time for your Lake Park Audubon Sports Minute presented by Team Industries of Audubon. The LPA Raiders football season came to an end last night in the opening round of the Section 6A playoffs with a 30-0 loss to Red Lake County. The Raiders finished the season 2-7 under first-year head coach P.J. Peterson, who says that he and his players learned a lot from each other in year one. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of uh, embracing that each day is, uh, is, uh, is, isn't, isn't given, you know. It's, it's a blessing to go out there and practice and play football. You get to play football today. You don't have to play football, you know. So that's what I kind of tried to preach to the guys, you know. You get to play this game. You get to be out here with, with, with your friends and uh, with your family. We, talk, we try to preach a family, you know. And every opportunity is another opportunity to, to prove something and have some fun playing a great game, a, a great sport that I have a lot of passion for. And I, I know a lot of guys have a passion for it. So, you know, they get to go out there. They get to practice. We get to get better each day, and then we get to play on Friday night, you know, and kind of get back to a sense of normalcy, which is awesome. The Raider volleyball team finished the regular season 13-10 and and earned the number five seed in the Section 6A North playoffs. They opened the playoffs tonight against the four-seed New York Mills Eagles. The Raider cross-country team continues to prepare for the section meet. They'll run in Bagley on Friday. And that's been your Lake Park Ottoman Sports Minute presented by Team Industries of Ottoman. Team is no hiring. You can join the team at team by visiting team-ind.com. 
Looking for a flexible schedule, part-time with great pay? Looking for something during school hours only? Have you retired but are feeling like a part-time job would take some time off your hands? Team Industries of Audubon has the opportunity for you. Team has part-time and full-time opportunities on day, night, or weekend shifts. Come check out what Team Industries of Audubon has today. Apply online at team-ind.com. Team Industries is an equal opportunity employer. It's time for another Wolves Minute. I'm Cal Soderquist. Well, for the first time this season, the Minnesota Timberwolves are attempting to bounce back from a loss. That's right. They suffered a home setback at the hands of the New Orleans Pelicans on Monday, and one of the key themes coming out of the loss was the team's lack of ball movement on the offensive end. Here's Josh Okogie. Uh, I mean, that's how basketball works. You know, it's, it's five people on the court for a reason, so... I think that, you know, if we share the ball, and I, I mean, I think, personally, I think that's who we are. You know, a team that plays defense and shares the ball, has fun and energetic, and when we play like that, I think we're very hard to beat, but when we play stagnant, we're very easy to guard. Yeah, we saw plenty of the ball movement in the preseason. Offense was flowing, everyone active and engaged, but... In these first three games of the regular season, the offense has slowed down and the ball's gotten a bit stickier. Chance for the team to correct some of that begins tonight as the Wolves are in Milwaukee visiting the defending champion Bucks. Our pregame coverage comes your way at 6.30 on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Here's your KDLM weatherology forecast. For today, we'll have cloudy skies with rain likely, high temperatures working up into the upper 40s. Winds a bit breezy from the southeast. For tonight, we'll have rain continuing, especially in the evening, a low of 42. Then finally drying out on Thursday, at least some partial sunshine making a return with lower 50s for highs. And we'll see lots of sunshine for your Friday, working up to 53. That's your latest forecast. I'm meteorologist Michael Carroll. What's up? It's D'Angelo Russell, and this is the radio home for Timberwolves basketball. Timberwolves basketball on the station you can count on, KDLM. KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a chilly and rainy Wednesday morning here in the Lakes area. Joined on the phone now by Cal Soderquist with the Timberwolves Radio Network. The Wolves are 2-1 on the season after losing to New Orleans in the back-to-back games with the Pelicans on Monday night. Cal, how are you doing this morning, my friend? We're doing well. Similar conditions as as you described uh, here in the Twin Cities, so everyone's getting those layers ready to go and uh, heading out for the day. Kind of bunkering, hunkering down. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to not have snow on the ground at this point because I've seen pictures from a year ago that, at this time, and we had a couple inches already. I know the uh, the trick-or-treaters are probably still thankful, though, <laughs> that they're not going to have to get out there and bring snow just yet. Right, just yet. I haven't looked at the extended forecast for the weekend, but I know a lot of people are hoping for like a, a 1991-style blizzard again with like 16 feet of snow, and it seems like... <laughs> The, the snow that they talk about gets gets higher and higher every single year. As are the Wolves' win total, 2-1 start to the season. That's not too bad, huh? No, I think they'll they'll take it. I, I, right now, you know, after the most recent result was that loss on Monday, I think everyone's uh, not all that satisfied. But a lot of things to like through the course of the three games. It just, uh, you know, Monday kind of gave us a glimpse of more of the things that need to be worked on, so to speak. Yeah, I saw some comments after the game about uh, some officiating stuff and Patrick Beverly telling the guys on the bench not to talk to the refs at all. You had some pretty strong comments from Anthony Edwards as well, who seems to be taking kind of a, a, a vocal leadership of this role, kind of learning from Patrick Beverly 
Because there, there are different things he can learn from Ricky Rubio, who is kind of that, that non-vocal leader. And then you got Patrick Beverly, who's not afraid to literally punch guys in the face while they're on the court. <laughs> uh, talk about uh, Ant's uh, development in, in year two, because we saw some pretty amazing things as the Wolves tried to come back and beat the Pelicans uh, on Monday night. Yeah, I think, you know, we've seen a lot of great things so far as we're just very, very early on in year two for Ant, and you kind of mentioned, but um, the postgame comments after the loss, you know, I think Ant has just gotten more comfortable sort of uh, voicing. I mean, we, we've always, you know, we, we saw it in flashes even as a rookie that he says what's on his mind, and, and most of the time that just became uh, more of like a playful or jokes during media availability, that sort of thing. So we haven't necessarily seen the I'm going to say what I'm thinking and feeling come out in the way it did on Monday night in terms of, you know, frustrations with why the offense isn't uh, performing up to what, what they think it, it, it can sort of be with obviously both he and, or I should say all three of he cat and Delo all healthy and all um, very gifted offensive players. So it was great to see from Ant and it wasn't, you know, it's not, calling out teammates or anything like that it did very much was a we have to be better you know uh all three of us all at the same time need to be engaged offensively we've got to move the ball more and get the other guys involved that work so hard on defense and do all the little things to help us win games you know those guys the josh Kogis, the jared vanderbilts they all deserve touches on the offensive end and it gets back it gets back to you know what chris finch would prefer which is an offense that moves the ball and sort of passes up a good shot for a great shot. And we've heard a lot about that. And uh, I think that's this team all agrees that, um, you know, that's when their offense is at their best. You mentioned some guys, uh, Vanderbilt and, and Akogi. We know what we're going to get from, from Edwards. We know what we're, we're going to get from Cat and, and, and D'Lo. Who are some guys that have impressed you uh, other than those big three guys on this Wolves team so far? You know, I, I think it uh, obviously Patrick Beverly would, would be an answer not only because of uh, we've seen some stuff on the court, but like the things you mentioned in terms of the vocal leadership and um, not being afraid to sort of call these guys out after an effort like Monday. I think Jordan McLaughlin came in and had some really great minutes in Saturday's win. Um, he did not play for the first three quarters of that ball game and then came in in the fourth quarter and kind of directed uh, you know the unit that he was out there with was a really steady presence, really just kind of a spark plug right at the start of that fourth quarter and sparked a very key run uh, from the team. Um, So those are names that jump out. And, you know, I think the other guys, it's just going to kind of, you know, there there maybe aren't as many candidates because the offense has struggled and the box score numbers have really just been sort of um, restricted to, you know, big nights from either Cat and Ant or, D'Lo has had a few good quarters where he really carried the team, but that's kind of where things have just gotten bottled up and then uh, halted. It looks to me like the defense is very, very much improved this year, uh, forcing 30 turnovers against uh, New Orleans in the win over the weekend, the, the franchise record. Uh, is Patrick Beverly the, the sole part of that, or what's uh, responsible for this defensive turnaround, especially turnover-wise? I think it's guys you know, buying into the – some of the tweaks uh, schematically that Chris Finch and his staff have put in and also, you know, kind of catering that to the strength of uh, what, what these guys do better and maybe simplifying stuff, um, kind of utilizing Cat's best skill set in terms of being a big man but still can help out on the perimeter, has the quickness and the athleticism. Um, and, you know, I think 
it's it sort of just goes back to the preseason where we saw active guys, engaged guys, guys being vocal on that end of the floor, and that you know creates hands and passing lanes, it creates deflections, it creates all sort of things that lead to those big turnover numbers. Pretty impressive game from uh, from Anthony Edwards last time out. Uh, kind, of, kind of put the team on his back for the comeback. I think he had two points at half, and then just went on a just a, a historic run for a, for a, for a Wolves player. Walk us through that second half for Anthony Edwards that lost to New Orleans on Monday. Yeah, it was it was huge. It was a sight to watch. Target Center certainly, uh, you know that that was as loud as it was for that game. Uh, and trying to just sort of will the team back into the ball game. They had looked sleepy for the first half. They trailed by you know, as many as 21, I, I think it was. Um, and then it was just basically all ant on offense. I think he had 14 or 16 straight, uh, straight points, 21 in the quarter, um, and he did it all. It was threes, it was driving to the basket uh, and finishing with, you know, some authoritative dunks. Uh, I saw a couple of really good left-handed finishes that, uh, you know, he made look really easy, but it, it was really impressive to see driving through traffic. So I think that's, you know, we talk about the maturation of him, and I think we'll continue to see some of these things develop throughout his second year and maybe even just signs of what he was able to do in terms of developing his game and advancing his game in the offseason. You know, he spoke uh, really candidly, I, I think, after the home opener about how he recognized the importance of improving his three-point shot because when he can knock down some of those threes, it forces his defenders to respect that shot, play him that much closer on the perimeter, and then all of a sudden with his, his really, really good and really, really potent uh, you know, dribble game and penetration game, all of a sudden that becomes that much more open for him to get to the hole and uh, finish the way we've seen him finish a few times, posters or otherwise. So it's really cool that a second-year guy, you know, I think a 20-year-old, already kind of understands you know, the mental side of the game or, or the, the, the chess game aspect of what you can and can't do uh, and how you can kind of pick apart a defense. Yeah, and finishing with 28 points, nine rebounds, three assists. Uh, how has the, the crowd been at, at, at Target Center so far this year? This is the first year we've been back, full capacity, whatever. I was in uh, in Charlotte uh, on Monday night for the, the Celtics and, and Hornets game, and they, they still have mass requirements inside the stadium. They're full capacity. I, I'd say the Spectrum Center was maybe half full to, to two-thirds full. What have the crowds been like at Target Center over these first three games? You know, I, I think we've had some great – Great crowds, great turnouts. Uh, the home opener and then that Saturday night game against the Pelicans, I think we're, we're both really well attended. Uh, a lot of the players and, and Chris Finch really spoke about having that, that atmosphere back and that electricity and how much it, it made a difference, especially after you know a year of not having it. Um, like we kind of talked about last week, there were only those couple weeks of limited capacity crowds mm-hmm. last season. So to have that full building, you know, it, it, it probably helped spark, you know, that third quarter from Ant on Monday night or D'Angelo Russell had a third quarter in the win, I think, on uh, either Saturday or the home opener where he really caught fire and the crowd fed off of that. And I think we'll continue to see that. And I think as long as, you know, this team remains competitive and, uh, you know, gives these fans something to cheer about, the, the team has often acknowledged that, when they come out flat, they're they're not deserving of you know the fans' cheers. And yeah. sometimes over the years, if that team has uh, you know struggled throughout a season, then the attendance wanes. But so far, it's been great, and it's been great to see you know fans back in the building enjoying themselves. I think there are 
Um, still some minor, you know, restrictions in place or, or maybe just additional mask rules. I, I, I don't have all the details. I know you can find them at either the Target Center website or Timberwolves.com, but uh, I know everyone is still coming out and having a great time, and so far the team's 2-1 and one in those three home games. Fun ones tonight, challenging ones tonight. The reigning NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks in town, 7 o'clock tip-off, pregame at 6.30 on KDLM tonight. What are we expecting from Giannis and the Bucks? Yeah, there'll be a handful for sure. We know all the things that uh, you know the, the reigning MVP can do offensively and all the pressure he can put on a defense. So I think it's kind of a good, you know, in a way it's a, it's a measuring stick for the progress the defense has made because it's one thing to make a shorthanded Pelicans team missing Zion Williamson, you know, make them look silly with the turnovers in two games. And we know that kind of the, the Houston Rockets are going to be a project all season. Uh, so now you really take a step up in class with uh, the opponent and, and all the pressure that whether it's Giannis, whether it's Chris Middleton, um, there's, you know, whether or not Drew Holiday even plays in this game, he's been out hurt, but there's still a lot of talent on that Bucks team. Uh, and obviously as the defending champs, um, you know, they, they, they peaked last year and they're still very much the class of the NBA when it comes to that. And it's a great opportunity for the Wolves. First road game of the night, first road game of the season is tonight against the Bucks. Then you come back at home, uh, another fun one against Denver, and then you get Jalen Suggs uh, and the uh, Orlando Magic as well. That game is next Monday. And then back-to-back games against the Clippers next week as well. So a couple of fun games coming up for this Wolf squad. Yeah, that opportunity continues to uh, take advantage of just the slew of home games early on. I think that's the, the big thing. You know, you, you're going to have the one road game in Milwaukee tonight and then be back for somewhere and really try to, like we talked about last week, you know, get off to a hot start and kind of uh, get some games in hand in terms of the win column. Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network. Cal, thanks so much for joining us today. We'll be listening for you guys at 6.30 tonight, then 7 o'clock tip-off against the Bucks. You got it. Thanks, Zeke. Sounds, sounds good. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet. Dude. All right, thanks again to Cal Soderquist from the Wolves Radio Network for taking some time out of his schedule to join us today. If you missed any of that interview, you can go back and re-listen to it momentarily online at kdlmradio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Earlier on the wrap today, we recapped a wild win against Vancouver last night, went through some high school football scores, and previewed the second round of section tournament action coming up on Friday and Saturday later this week. We also talked about Charlie Morton and uh, 16 pitches on a broken leg in a gutsy Game 1 for the Atlanta Braves. They take Game 1 against the Houston Astros in the World Series. Final score, 6-2. to two. Game 2 is tonight in Houston Max Freed for the Braves. Jose Urquidy on the mound for the Houston Astros. Not a lot going on in Lakerland today, but tomorrow, looking at the uh, the MS Conference website, uh, Girls Swim and Dive have their Mid-State Conference meet tomorrow in Park Rapids. You've got cross-country section uh, meet tomorrow at Alexandria as well. Varsity section quarterfinals for volleyball is tomorrow against St. Cloud Tech. That game is at 7 o'clock. Pre-game with Charlie begins at 6.45. And, of course, don't forget Saturday, 5 o'clock kickoff. The time was moved. It was originally 1 o'clock. It's now 5 o'clock. 
Lakers versus Ricori Spartans pregame at 4.30 on Saturday. Tomorrow, tonight, we've got Wolves basketball. 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock tip-off in Milwaukee, the Wolves' first road game of the season as they have a pretty tough test tonight against the reigning MVP and the reigning NBA champions tonight in Wisconsin. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off, Wolves basketball tonight on KDLM. That's a wrap for the Sports Wrap. We're back tomorrow at 9.30 on the station. You can count on KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Quick CBS News break, and then those classic hits roll on KDLM.